and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway, and guys, Atlanta is literally two days away. We're two days away from probably one of the biggest Halo events we've ever seen. And of course, Atlanta is comprised of two different titles. There's Halo 5 and Halo 3. So today we've got three guests coming on the show to talk about both games, but we're going to start with Halo 3. And honestly, I think we have what might be the biggest doubles team in Halo 3. They just won the UGC 2v2 showdown against some of the biggest players. I'd like to welcome Tusk and Master fear to the show how's it going thank guys? you for having me on. hey everyone hey yeah, thank you yeah uh and okay so i was not kidding about placing better than just placing higher than some of the best players i'm talking like neighbor and best man roy and flame sword evader and gun type i'm not sure if you guys face them like head on but you placed higher than them which is still pretty nuts so and, and mm -hmm. the thing is is you're not very well known either like i checked your twitters you guys don't have too much of a following just yet so let's get to know you because you have some serious talent so how did both of you get into halo 3 or how did you get into halo where did it all begin uh tusk let's start with you uh well i played halo 3 on, on the 360 but i never like was known back then and i never got known until mcc i used to play gears of war first before halo in general and then my nice. brother introduced me to halo and so i started playing after that because i really liked it and that's i don't know i i took a break like after halo was dying down after reach and four and then I started playing again during uh, like two years after MCC was released. And then that's when I started to get like more known in the community. And how old are you now? I'm 21 right now. 21, okay. So do you have any like actual competitive experience going to LANs or is it just all like all online? No, online? I've never, I've never got to, it's just all online, yeah. Damn, okay. All right, so that's gonna be a new world for you as well when we get there. But so far online, you're like seriously killing it. Both of you guys are. So uh, so Master Fear, tell me a bit about how you got into Halo as well. So it was around like 2009 and uh, I was in Saudi Arabia, that's where I'm from. And my brother introduced me to Halo. And, 2009? Uh, wow, 2009, you're pretty late to the party. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I started playing Halo 3 uh, up until like 2015. Then I moved to the US here to study. And I've been playing MCC ever since. So Halo 3 was like, was that the main game that you had uh, like experience in? You didn't really touch the other Halo games too much. You just kind of grinded Halo 3 2009 to 2015? Pretty much. Damn, I didn't so that's where all really that. enjoy. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy H5 that much. Okay, and um, I'm sure we can talk a little bit about that as well too. But um, but that's that's pretty crazy. You had all of that experience from 2009 to 2015, gaining that that experience, going right into MC MCC, and then carrying it over, mm -hmm. and it's clearly showing right now. Yeah. So, uh, you guys, on top of you know placing higher than these guys, you both seem to have some crazy synergy between each other. You work together really well. So, have you been gaming together for a long time? When did you meet each other? Uh, how did this happen? Um. I met Fear like in 2016, I think. That's when I like I kind of started playing more, and I used to play in like custom lobby eights with them, and I became good friends with Fear, and so we started playing a lot more. We didn't really start playing doubles until like this year, just this year, and and we've been doing well since then. Like to clear some things up, like we won this latest tourney, but yeah, we had entered the previous two, and like on each occasion, like one of us was playing bad, so that's why we we didn't make it to the finals. But like this final one we both are playing really well and i think that's how it should be that like when we play our best that we're gonna win like i think that 100 percent. so that's what happened i think 
I mean, it sounds like a great mindset to have. Uh, and that's probably the toughest thing is like you're both one side of the coin, right? So you have to both be playing at your best. If one person is lagging behind, then you're you're not collapsing at the times that you need to. You're not making those those pinches and those plays. So that could totally change the entire thing. And and uh, and hopefully you guys are able to. Yeah, yeah, you guys are able to carry that onwards into the actual event as well. And you've been grinding a lot of MCC. MCC has been going through a variety of changes. Of course, it started out horrible, and now it seems like it's it's pretty playable now. How is MCC, Halo 3 MCC now? Uh, how does it feel playing it? Does it feel better than it did back on the 360? Um, and when you're playing customs, there's still host, right? So what happens when you, when that, when you play host? Yeah. All right, uh, I'll go first. Okay, so uh, I think it's, MCC currently Halo 3 is worse than uh, the original Xbox, but it's better than the pre, yeah. uh, pre-update MCC. Because mm-hmm. like for me, living like, uh, like on the West Coast in California, there's not like servers out there, but the connection was really bad uh, for me before, like in matchmaking and a lot of people's hosts. I just didn't ping well to them. And the update for, yeah. like, I think the shot registration was fixed a little, just a bit. Mm-hmm. And so now it feels better to shoot people. I know it's still bad for, like, people who live in other states or just, like, I have a friend who lives in Puerto Rico and he doesn't have, like, the best, uh, you know, connection. But host, yeah. uh, it's gotten better since the update. The only thing I really like, dislike in this game is getting blank melees. Like, that infuriates me the most. It, it, it could be so huge when you're playing a game, especially competitively. Yeah, but everything I actually is, saw. Uh, I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I saw a couple of those blank melees, and I saw bloodshots as well. I was watching you guys play a match on Guardian, and uh, I think it was uh, Cranium <laughs> who had like the mauler for the beatdown, and you clearly hit him with a beatdown, and you didn't get the trade, and uh, and you freaked out, and like that kind of stuff. You know, that, that can't really be happening. Hopefully, that's not happening in land. But uh, Master yeah. Fear, what do you yeah. think uh, in comparison to like? 360 I now, think MCC game? is a little better than 360 because of the frames and the connection is slightly better. 60 FPS the frames make a difference. Yeah it, yeah, it it does make a difference. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the problem with this current MCC is that host is just it's sometimes a disadvantage for some point. I don't know why it is, but like you just get right. blanks on host. I don't know why that is. And the other thing are the uh, the spawns in twos are ridiculous. Like you should, How does it if work you've ever played way? that, it's just different. Like you can spawn next to your teammates now. You can spawn like top, mid, a lot more often than it used to is, be. It's just is that double spawning? Is that when you spawn next to your teammate? Is called double spawning? Yeah, I guess you could call that. Yeah, but like it happens yeah. more frequently, and it's it's a game changing thing that we haven't seen before. So you have to like prepare for that. You have to adapt to it, yeah. I was talking to Nighty actually a little bit before this, and he was saying something about how host on land is actually like a disadvantage in Halo 3 in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. in your shots don't really register, but then your nades can blow up a little faster or something, and you're like slightly yeah. harder to kill. Yeah, I don't know what like that... Like, how, how does all this come into play? All this, like, whether you're on land or off land, host is still a thing? How, how can they avoid mm-hmm. that? Can they make, like, a third-party host? Is that an option? I have no idea. I'm honestly not sure. It'd be better. It'd be way better if that is possible. So like everyone's at a fair advantage. Like he's like sometimes hosts can be like really good for you, and it's really hard for other people to kill you. But then there's times where you're having a long range BR battle on host is just like impossible to have. It it doesn't like work at all. You you just get blanks. 
Interesting. So hopefully in land, they can find a way to, to fix any of that stuff or make it as even as possible. You wouldn't want to experience those issues. Um, and then what do you think of, because with, with this event being like the last Halo 5 event, that's like all we know, um, and they might be focusing on MCC between now and Infinite. What do you think of that decision? Do you think that like Halo 3, uh, maybe in its current state, or if they can continue improving it, do you think that it could like revitalize the Halo franchise in some way, add popularity to Halo overall? Uh, yeah, there's a chance because a lot of the like fans are like a lot of people who played Halo are classic style fans. They're not really a new um sorry how to word this like most people that played old Halo aren't a fan of the new Halos, right? And so I think they right. like to see uh, old Halo tournaments, especially like Halo 3 was very popular. I think it's one of the most like Halo 2 is probably the most popular Halo, but Halo 3 like currently with the people who play Halo still so like MCC, that's the most popular Halo on MCC. So I think it'd yeah. be really popular for tournaments as well. Yeah, I think they should add. Yeah, I think they should add a PC version of this. Uh, expand the Halo yeah. franchise for sure. That'll open up a lot of the community to enter. That's probably the best thing. So, like, if they're gonna focus on Halo Three for the next year, if they open it up to PC, then that would be a huge jump in, in popularity for sure. Because then that would help you know the streamers and them get onto it and, and start to get more eyes on Halo. Um, yeah, that's a great point as well. Um, so yeah, you're right. And and what you were saying about Halo 3 versus Halo 2, I think Halo 3 was the pinnacle of the franchise in terms of popularity, definitely. Halo 2 is definitely one of uh, the, the favorites, though. Like People absolutely loved Halo 2 competitive. But when, it, when Halo 3 hit, Halo was bigger than it had ever been, for sure. Um, so people yeah, looking yeah. back on, on Halo, a lot of people definitely have a, they love the classic titles. It's hard for them to make that transition. Um, so speaking of the transition, what do you guys think then of Halo 5? Did you give it a try? Did you grind it much? Uh, not fans of it? Tell me a little bit about that. I played like, uh, almost a year of it. and uh, Sorry. I played almost yeah. a year of it, and uh, it was decent. And But the thing is, like, this is the thing with classic Halo, is that you can literally play for hours on end, and you wouldn't get bored. But with Halo 5, I feel like I got bored after like two or three hours of playing it. Like I had to take a break. It just didn't have that same feeling. Interesting. Do you have any idea like what it might be that's making you feel that boredom? It's, uh, I, I'd say Halo 5 is a great game, but it's not really Halo, mm. if you know what I mean. Like it's not the same yeah. Halo, the classic Halo that you would think it is. Definitely a lot of things have changed like fundamentally. Um, mm -hmm. what about what about you, Tusk? What do you think? Uh, I didn't really play Halo 5 until like this year. I first bought it when it came out and I played it casually with friends. I'd play like breakout and stuff and like action sec. But uh yeah. I started playing the HBS playlist this year, specifically like maybe June, probably I started playing H5 a lot. And mm. I enjoyed it at first because it was fresh and brand new. But like Fear said, I think it's it's a good game. It's just not like a good Halo game, in my opinion, because I'm more used to the the classic style. I was a fan of Halo uh, up until like four. I enjoyed Reach, even though it had Sprint, but like and competitive Reach with No Bloom, No Sprint is actually super fun, in my opinion. I know a lot of people didn't yeah. like Reach, but uh, but H5, I enjoyed it at first, but then yeah, I just don't like like Clamber is fine, right? But Thrust it really pisses me off because. I feel like you could get rewarded, or not rewarded, like you don't get punished for mistakes you can make. Like if you fall off a map by accident, if you jumped off, you could like thrust back and then clamber up. Like in other Halos, you'd be dead if you made a mistake. But this one, you get like more chances. 
So that's I just yeah. don't enjoy it like competitively. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That punishment factor is larger in classic Halo because you don't have those types of mechanics to get back to the stage. But then there's a lot of nuance that comes into like timing the thrust correctly. And if you use it at a bad time, you might throw yourself in a bad situation that could screw you over. Or if you know how to use it correctly, depending on like where you are in the map, certain areas in the environment, you can throw yourself across the map faster and get to certain power positions. Like there's there's a lot to that. But as far as the fun factor fear, I think that was a really good point because, and Mikwin said this as well, he's like the amount of time in between the moments that you're having fun is larger than it is in Halo 3, if that makes sense. Like in yeah. Halo 3, it's like fun, fun, yeah. fun, and there's like a, like a one, two second gap, and then fun, you know? And then Halo 5 is like, if you're having fun, there's like a larger gap of time where you're not having fun. I think that might have to do something with adding the abilities, having a bigger map maybe, and that the interactions between players, it, it doesn't, it takes longer to have those fun interactions yeah. with players, unless you like really know the map, you could fly across it quickly maybe. Uh, but like that, that first, you know, maybe months, a few months or whatever of grinding where you're like, yeah, there just isn't as many, you know, instances where I feel like I'm having those fun moments. Whereas in Halo 3, the action's tighter, you're getting in engagements more quickly, you know, maybe that could be a big part of it too. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting saying like that, like thrust is the issue as well. Cause it's, cause I feel like everybody has a different mechanic they don't like. Like a lot of people like sprint is the biggest thing that needs to go and like thrust is okay. Or like thrust and sprint are okay, Clamber. but like clamber is horrible. Yeah, right? So it's like, what yeah. is the one that we need to take out or what do we need to change so that it still feels like Halo and maintains the you know authenticity uh, and still has that that same element of fun? I personally feel like Sprint is the one, the biggest thing that they could remove while still kind of retaining what makes Halo Halo. If you don't have Clamber and you still have like your spring jump into your thrust and stuff, because I feel like you can have some really cool movement aspects that come into it uh, with that, maybe. I don't know. I definitely think there's a hybrid of the two that needs to come together to keep halo halo while still evolving the franchise because do you guys think that like that if halo 3 or halo infinite was made exactly like halo 3 the exact same style do you think it would stand up to like fortnite and other big titles of this generation um they give it a total refresh it, it, but they add nothing and it's just the same style <laughs> i think it'd be Not the same exactly. popular like yeah, like, okay, so I think it'd be really popular in the sense that, like, uh -huh. most Halo fans would enjoy it. I know there's newer Halo, like, uh, generation fans, like Halo 5 fans who enjoy the all the abilities and stuff like that, but Fortnite and those games, like, the BR games are extremely popular, like, multi-million, like, players, you yeah. know? I don't think Halo will ever catch up to that unless, you know, it gets a PC uh -huh. release, and there's a chance that it could get um, very popular in that sense, but console-wise... It'll be like very popular, I think, but not Fortnite levels or anything like that. Mm. I'm just wondering because I think the speed of games has changed now. Like everybody's expecting games to be so fast. Like you're you're constantly moving at a high speed. You can you could get places that you want to go to really quickly, and you're like constantly in battles, whatever it is. Uh, I feel like they would have to do something to revolutionize the speed of the combat in some way in order to keep up with what's relevant. No. Yeah, but didn't like didn't they try that with uh, Halo Five? Like it's a faster paced kind of Halo, and it didn't really work out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Halo Five was they gave you too much, right? It wasn't just speed; it was like they gave you like meme worthy yeah. like abilities, like ground pounding and Spartan charge, and like just over the top mechanics. And they kept ARs in the game. So many aspects about Halo that we didn't want to mm -hmm. see in competitive play. It took a long time to adapt, right? So uh, yeah. maybe it's like something that like when people play it they're like okay i can make this transition i still feel the halo in this but there there are still differences and improvements and i, I don't know yeah. it's it's kind of uh, hard to find that balance sorry 
Yeah, I agree. It's it's maybe not that one thing. It's probably the combination of all those things that you mentioned. Like together, that's what hit yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, it was overwhelming. Yeah, so I'm wondering how they can make that transition in a way that that is helpful for everybody that everybody can enjoy um, while still having like, because like, there's still a lot of depth in Halo 3 as well that you don't immediately recognize. And just watching you guys play, like off of one game, I noticed that there's a lot of little mechanics that are in Halo 3 that Halo 5 doesn't have anymore. And I'm wondering if the future of Halo should have these return. Uh, for example, you could reliably bounce sniper shots in Halo 3. In Halo 5, you don't see that at all. But Tusk, I was watching you go for bounce shots from uh, top of the lift on gold down all the way across to the uh, the sniper, or is it the shoddy yeah. spawn? I think it's the sniper spawn, right? And you, you uh, I'm pretty sure you even like thought S1. that you hit the guy. Yeah, to S1, yeah. Um, and that's like a reliable snipe that you can hit because you know the angle for that. On top of like nade jumping in certain instances, I mean, you take damage for it, but nade launching is popular, throwing one plasma and a second plasma to launch launch that. Weapon launching was crucial because of the speeds of players. Like you couldn't get to a weapon as fast, so you needed to make sure you launched that weapon over. Or even throwing nades off the start of the game and predicting where players would be so you could maybe slow down their routes and you had a better understanding of what the routes were because there was the limit in, in movement abilities and whatnot. So these are really interesting mechanics, and I'm wondering like, can they bring these back in some way, you know, like have that kind of depth as well. You don't necessarily have to push movement hundred percent when you have other aspects like nades being so crucial and, and bouncing shots, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All these small details like that, like that provides the skill gap that you see in like Halo three and Halo two, like those small things yeah. make a difference. Yeah. And, and I'm the guy who loves that stuff. Like I'm a fiend for that stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's what I, there were certain aspects of Halo 5 that I really appreciated. Because once you get to the top of the game and you watch players like Shotzi, that's all they're doing is they're taking advantage of all those tiny little nuances. They just happen to be very different than what you see in Halo 3. So I'm wondering how we can have a game that incorporates all of this and like everybody's excited about it. I, I don't know, man. I think the potential's there. I think releasing on PC is the biggest factor and just whatever the developers can do to constantly listen to the community to continue to update it and add, uh, you know, add to the experience and make sure that everything is, is going well. There's a constant communication. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see, I guess. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Um, so as far as Atlanta goes, though, you guys, of course, are still focused on Halo 3. Uh, what do you think about your competition? Because you're going to be in LAN. You don't have LAN experience. But who do you think your biggest threat is going to be coming up to this event? And uh, and what do you think of the fact that, like, Roy and Flamesword, Neighbor and Best Man, they're coming back and they're saying that they have what it takes to take out you guys who have been, you know, grinding in the background this whole time? Um, I know Fear and I will agree on this, that our biggest competition is uh, fantasy and Gabriel, like those two always push us, like they're very uh, difficult to beat. Like we go back and forth a lot. And for like uh, the old pros, like Neighbor, and the, I like Neighbor, Neighbor's like my boy and best man. I, I really like those guys. And yeah. I haven't really interacted with Roy and um, Flame Sword, but I don't think they have a chance just because they don't play the game at all in general. I know they can say what they want and people can think what they want who aren't like really into yeah. MCC, but I don't think they'll be like top three or top five at all. Most likely, no disrespect to like my boys, you know, but I think that's just yeah. how it's going to be because they just don't play this game enough. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a fair thing to say. What do you think, Fear? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely, Gab and Fantasy, we go back and forth. Uh, for the pros, like obviously, we have a lot of respect for them, but they they don't have a chance simply because they didn't put the time in. Yeah, so Roy, Flamesword, Neighbor, Best Man, you guys hear that? You got to grind, okay? These guys have been grinding <laughs> in the background. 
<laughs> they're going to take you on. But guys, land is a huge thing. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how things go down in land because I know neighbor, best man, Roy, like uh, Flame Sword, they they live in the land. You know what I mean? Like that's their comfort zone. So like maybe that gives them a bit of an advantage on things too. We'll see. We'll see what happens as well. Yeah. Um, and also just yeah. real quick, because we were talking about this at the very uh, beginning, like right before we went into the interview. Uh, at the very the grand finals, what we saw leading into this interview, you were facing Cranium and and Zerks. Like what what happened? Apparently, you were facing Cranium and somebody else who wasn't who he said he was. Yeah. Okay, so that yeah, other um, you want to go through? Yeah. Yeah. No, you explain. You explain. You got it. So that other person, uh, we were watching him play uh, Evader and Guntype. Uh-huh. Uh, when he, Cranium and him played uh, Vader and Guntype, and uh, a lot of like everyone in the chat was saying that's not Zerka, so that started pot a little bit. And then the more I looked at his gameplay, I recognized that it was uh, a guy like a top tier player in this community. His name is Flazen. Okay. Shout out to Flazen. Uh, yeah, that was him. Then uh, later on, I contacted him about it, and he can he confirmed pretty much. Okay, so despite the fact that some players are trying to be a little sneaky, you guys are still able to take them out and, and win the tournament regardless. Do you guys think you have what it, it takes matter. to win the land coming up? It doesn't matter who it, it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think that. Especially because uh, online is just like pretty trash at some times. And I know I'm, uh, for Fear and I both, I'm, like it's natural to get nervous, especially like at a first big event. But I think once we like try and cope with it you know i think we'll be good i think we'll still be like one of the best teams going in there regardless all right well i'm glad to hear that guys i'm looking forward to seeing you guys play i'll be at atlanta as well i'm gonna be checking out halo 5 halo 3 trying to interview people maybe we'll get to chat a little bit more uh excited to see what you guys are capable of it's gonna be an awesome event thank you so much for joining me on the show today right back at you thank Thank you. you very much for having us no problem guys i'll see you guys around all right, so that was Tusk and Master Fear, and those guys are seriously like they're they're poised to take that uh, that Halo Three Two V Two. So we'll see what they're capable of as well. And of course, you've got the other big players like Roy and Flame Sword and Neighbor and Best Man. I'm excited to see them as well. Uh, and to continue the show today, we are also going to have to talk about Halo Five because Halo Five is this is the biggest Halo Five event. This is the last event. So I've got Nighty coming back on the show to join me, and we're going to go over some of the the details on Halo Five and just give some of our you know our analysis perspective on things nighty welcome to the show hey what's going, going on man? not it's much pretty good hanging man. out put, putting all this stuff together uh last minute here we're going to talk about talk about some uh some atlanta and, and get your perspective on on what you think of uh of the bracket and everything the teams uh, i know we got some qualified teams we have the, the graphic for it tony put it up let's take a look all right, I'll let you start, Nighty. What, what do you what what sticks out to you? What do you think of these these teams here? Well, right, right away, obviously, we're going to talk about the best teams going into the tournament. We know what to expect. We we've seen it uh-huh. from day number one in Halo Five. Tox, they haven't gotten outside the top two, so we don't really need to say much about Tox. Splice, right. they went on a huge run. They're the only team that has consistently beaten Tox. So we, we know what to expect from them. They haven't put any time in. They've been playing a ton of Call of Duty. Um, I wouldn't put any predictions in for them, but they definitely have what it takes to, to pull off an upset against Tox. And, you know, they can easily sure beat call all the rest of the team. Oh, I mean, at this point, Tox looks way too solid. They, 
are yeah. practiced. They have put in tons of work. They won the last LAN, and that's kind of the way Halo has always worked, is whoever won the last LAN is pretty much uh, who you consider at the top at that time. Yes, Splice are the world champions, um, but I consider Tox the favorite going into this tournament. So you don't really need okay. to say much about them. But Reciprocity and Renegades, this is their time right now. They could possibly take this event. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Reciprocity has been grinding super hard. Their their chemistry between the teammates looks unreal at this point. It really seems like they're 100% focused on Halo as well. I don't see much of a split focus between Halo, Call of Duty. So I'm really excited to see what they're capable of. And we know that they can take on the top teams because they've beaten Splice, they've beaten Tox before, right? Um, oh yeah, here, congrats to Team Reciprocity for winning the final Halo 5 HCS 2K over uh, over Tox Gaming, which is great for them going into DreamHack Atlanta. What do you think it's going to take for them to win it all? I mean, they, they know what it's like to beat these guys, right? So they're just kind of running it back and uh, and bringing their A game, and you know they want it more than ever. I talked to Snipedown last week. He wants this more than ever. <clears throat> yeah, you cannot count Snipedown or Pistola out. They're two of the greatest players to ever play the game. They're in my top five. You got the Ogres, Walshy, and then Pistola and Snipedown. Those guys, when it comes down to the biggest, biggest moments in the game, when the most money's on the line, uh, I mean, yeah. who do you want to have the sniper? Who do you want to be in the position to win the, the game? It's definitely one of those two players. Um, it all came yeah. down to Trippy and Saiyan learning how to play under pressure. When uh, the you know when the game is on the line, they seem to make different decisions than they would uh, in the two case. When you know when they're on, you know on a good connection and you know everything's going their way and you know because tox is known for um royal two having issues with his connections so and royal two is a mm -hmm. big factor for that team right um and right. you know so a lot of things have been said about that but saiyan and trippy are are good enough they can definitely they can definitely do a lot it's all about how comfortable they get in the finals yeah yeah, and I, I mean, they seem pretty comfortable uh, just from everything I've seen the last LAN events they've been at. Like, Saiyan is always a star performer. Trippy's an unbelievable player as well. So I'm looking forward to, like, just some amazing plays from Reciprocity. They're definitely one of the ones that I think could take this. And then the next team that you have is Renegades. Now, Renegades, is just, they've been creeping up in that top three constantly. They've been taking games off of the best teams, including Reciprocity, Splice, and Talks. So they they have a lot of potential, and I guarantee they've been grinding hard behind the scenes as well. Unfortunately, we just can't really see their streams, right? Um, but I know like Mikwin, when he's playing off in that 2K, I have never seen anybody hit snipes as well as I saw Mikwin hit those snipes. And then Neptune is like becoming the new Shotzi. Like he's a young god and he's, he continues to grind. He gets better and better. So we expect big things from him. Like Penguin is amazing. Mikwin was talking about how awesome Penguin really is and that not, a, not enough people recognize it. Uh, and APG's always been a star performer. Man's like just so aggressive. And same with what Mikwin was saying. He just lets APG do his thing. And then Mikwin kind of hang back and hit the shots he needs to hit. So really kind of... I, I feel like they could be the team that could really take it as well. What do you think about Renegades? Yeah, if they get some momentum behind them, they get a good win, a good upset under their belt, they could definitely roll over the other teams, uh, especially when Mikwin is hot. If he's having an incredible yeah. tournament, it is really hard to stop him. He just is one of those guys that will not be missing. Uh, you can't contest him. He's not going to miss a shot with a sniper. You have to be on your absolute best uh to be able to take him down you've got to use perfect teamwork and uh another thing that i saw was that i believe it was heinz made a tweet saying the 
um, or I think I was watching his stream. He said the, um, yeah. the more comfortable APG gets with a team, like the more, the longer he's on the roster, uh, just the better the team's going to be because Bradley needs to have that connection with his teammates. When he builds yeah. that good friendship with the guys and he starts to trust them, that's when he really becomes just a machine. Somebody that you, you saw it in, I believe it was H2A, when he was playing in the um, the semifinals, uh, it, it was up against CLG. And they were, they were uh, playing against Ogre 2, uh, Cloudy Cloud, uh, Snakebite, and Royal 2. And they went into like a game number eight. They had to replay game number five like three times. It was one of the most epic oh things God. to ever happen <clears throat> in Halo. It was unbelievable. Watch but uh, a- yeah, APG was fabulous. He played amazing. But the tournament right before that, he wasn't playing near that near that level. So it's like he he constantly is getting better and better and better, and he improves the team as he goes. So this being the very last tournament of Halo Five. Um, you know, that that's all the evidence you need that he has been with this team a long time. They've they've land a lot together. They've had all that time to build some good friendships. And they've also, you know, they've stayed on the grind. They've been playing a lot of Halo 5. That's actually a great point. So like time together with those teams to build that chemistry and, and just build that roster, like APG continuing to improve with his team the longer they play together. And Renegades has been together for a pretty significant amount of time now. So you're right. They, they're they looking the best they could look at this point coming into Atlanta. But some teams are just recently being formed as well. Uh, Tony, put the graphic back up again. Let's take a look at, at Accelerate and Elevate Gaming. What do you think about these squads? Or even Trifecta, which recently had some changes. Yeah, now... Boo Boo Dubu, obviously, he has a, had an incredible career so far in Halo Five. He he shot up to the top. Uh, you know, he got top three with um, with Hook on the Denial Squad in the first year, and then uh, and then he won some events with Shotzi and Renegade. So we know that he has what it takes to perform at the top. Also, Demon D, he was a national champion in Halo Three. He has the nerves. Um, but then there's the youngsters, Arctic and Falcated, who haven't really uh, been up there that long. They've uh, they've seen they've seen some success within the top six, but they've never really pushed into the top four, top three. So it it would be a huge upset if we saw them take out any of the four teams you see to the left. Uh, I think they're a pretty solid fit right there in the in the fifth place spot. Uh, you know, I think they can take out Elevate. They can take out the rest of the teams under them. Um, but it's really tough for them to pop, you know, to get into that top four. It's going to be a, a really tough battle for them. I haven't seen too much of their games. Uh, I don't know how they're how they're doing. But I know that Demon D individually has put in more time than I've seen anybody else put into Halo 5. The guy has just been really focused. He's really driven. He's going to come yeah. to this event wanting this so bad. He's got something to prove. That's the thing. Demon D was a huge player back in Halo 3, right? So I, I'm pretty sure he kind of he got into the grind in oh, Halo yeah. 5, and he recently started coming up into the mix. Now he's like a, a star player on the rosters that, he, that he's a part of. 
And then, of course, you got Boo Boo Doo Boo and Falcator. I think they were part of the original Splice Squad, right? So they, they've already been part of, you know, one of the best teams in Halo, and they have plenty of experience there. So we know that from an individual perspective, these guys are all incredibly talented. But I agree with you. I haven't seen them play very much, so it's hard for me to make an accurate prediction. But I think you're right in that they're, they're in that fifth place. I have a Halo data hive open behind beside me as well, and I'm kind of, like, trying to look at scrim results. I've seen some Elevate stuff here, too. Elevate seems to be doing all right as well. They've taken straight ripping pretty convincingly they had some close matches with reciprocity um kind of a rough time against talks but yeah it seems like pretty accurate placement for these two teams here um trifecta is yeah. a little interesting i'm a little upset about trifecta because i'm a big fan of boost's gameplay and i think that trifecta has hit some of their greatest strides recently like especially if you go back to what was it hcs uh new orleans was unreal some of the upsets they had on on reciprocity right um so yeah, having Musa they, on that uh, squad yeah, they did an incredible, incredible job in New Orleans. They they played out of their mind. Uh, I loved watching those games. I know everybody else did. That was one of the biggest series we've seen in Halo in a long time, Trifecta being able to pull off that upset. Um, but I, I think Muzo really was a, he was a key element in that yeah. roster. And uh, that's really unfortunate that we're not going to be able to see more of him because of how much work he was really putting in. He put in a lot of effort as far as practice goes. He was, um, you know, he was the youngest player on the team. He was very, very driven, very capable. Uh, He was probably like a sponge. You know, all those guys are veterans, and he was just learning so much from all of them and Mm -hmm. listening to them. And it just, it, it really is a heartbreaker to be honest, because, um, you know, all for, you know, all to, to see what they could do in call of duty, you know, I, this is the last halo five event and they just had so much success. I really would have loved to seen what they could have done because, uh, you know, I could have seen a top three out of them for sure. I definitely could have seen them placing third at this event, uh, because some of the things I've seen rain shooter, Ryan Noob do, um, they yeah. they can definitely make some things happen against the best players yeah. in the world. So um, are they going to be able to do it with this change? I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think so. But I I'd still think that uh, they could be a dark horse and pull off an upset. Yeah, it's tough because I think they had so much momentum when they had Musa on the squad. Musa was also a great source of energy. That guy pops off like no tomorrow, and Ryan Noob gets super energized as well. So I remember that match when they were facing Spartan. I can hear these guys yelling on the comms. Like, that's some energy you want to bring for your team as well. Uh, Rain is probably one of the best snipers in Halo 5, and nobody talks about Rain, but he's hitting some of the craziest snipes I've ever seen. Crazy. He's hitting quick scopes that would break my thumb. Like, I've never seen... Like some of the crazy like whip quick scope things that he's doing. He's got some of the best snipes. So when he picks up a sniper rifle, it's actually pretty damn scary. Um, but yeah, I don't really know too much about like I know Destroyed has a great history as far as competitive play goes. He's always been a great, like really solid player, but I personally don't actually know too much about his gameplay or his personality, whether or not he provides a lot of energy for the team. I'm sure he's a great addition to the roster, but at this point, I don't want to be that guy who says too little too late, but it's really tough to add new players and, and to synchronize with each other and then to go, like, do better than you did the previous events when you gained all this momentum prior, right? So I don't know, man. Yeah, and they had a scrim against Renegades where uh, it was really rough on them. They weren't able to really hang. Uh, it was a 12 to three in the favor of Renegades. And um, they also had some other ones that were pretty rough as well. So uh, their practice not going so hot. Uh, and usually when you 
when you make a change, uh, usually things, you kind of have like a honeymoon period where things feel really good and you actually do really well. And uh, you actually will play against some teams that are better than you and, uh, and, and possibly, you know, take the series. So it's kind of weird that yeah. it, the opposite was happening. Maybe they're uh, putting a little too much time uh, into Call of Duty. See, that's the thing, though, about this event, right? Call of Duty is like is exploding and people want to get into it because of the massive break yep. that's about to happen. Um, so yep. this is going to allow a lot of teams to slip through the cracks on this one and, and possibly make some top six, top four pushes. Um, being able to see those upsets is going to make this a very interesting event. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of new teams, new wild cards added to the overall Halo roster, let's talk a little bit about straight ripping as well. Tony, put up the graphic for one second. I'm just going to read the players, and then you can take it back down. <laughs> I know it's like, I, you don't know when to take it back down and put it back up. We're still throwing <laughs> it out here, but here you go. We got, so this is a European squad representing straight ripping. It's Respectful, Moe's, Kimbo, and Snipe Drone. You can you can take it off now. And, uh, I'll let Nighty give some of his opinions on, uh, what do you think about this this European roster? I actually love them. Uh, last year, we saw them do amazing at Denver. That you know, Europeans just came out of the woodwork and were killing it. Uh, they were doing some amazing things, uh, placing top six. Which I, at that point, we had never really seen a a European team place that high. They were making some huge mm -hmm. upsets, and uh, I know that that just is really good for international Halo. We we saw Berserker do that as well. So we've got straight ripping coming out. We've got Berserker. We've got Latin America and Europe both starting to hang with the North American boys. And, and that's right. a really, really good thing for building the community, building Halo Esports. Yeah, the, the gap might be closing a little bit. Uh, I know Respectful is is one of easily one of the best players in Europe right now as well. He's a pretty unbelievable That's player. All the players actually, yeah, and all the players have been going through some serious grinding. Uh, it looks like Straight Rippin's doing a pretty good job in the hospitality side of things. They brought them over to the venue. They got all these these tweets and the videos they've been throwing up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping they do well, honestly. Like, I've always wanted to see the international Halo scene be a, a lot more involved, and it's just hard. You know, the travel is so expensive. It's hard to come over here um but you know as we've been having the online tournaments and stuff like that it's been a lot easier for them so um i, I definitely look forward to seeing how that works out um i know those guys are incredibly talented so I, i'm sure they'll be putting on a show yeah yeah and then just getting down to the end of that graphic there tony if you throw it back up real quick um there is this one squad uh shock the world which these members of Shock oh, the World like remind me we actually of Berserker. Skipped, uh, mentality. Did we talk about mentality? We skip. We skip mentality and LTN. Which feel free. Oh, actually, mentality was Super CC, Jazero. Uh, yeah, these are a lot of like the the top level matchmaking, like uh, and and also uh, Am like pro amateur players that have kind of really risen up in the scene at this point and that's and, right uh, are really dominating in the scene right now. So that's pretty interesting to see because these guys have been grinding from the beginning and they've continued to grow in their skill and now they're forming mentality, which that one, if you have some stuff you'd like to say about that. And then after I'm going to, I'd like to talk about Shock the World as well. What do you think, Nighty? Uh, yeah, Jazero was just a very, very talented individual from the start. He won the free-for-all at Las Vegas. Uh, and then Super CC, Talik, and Envor, they've been together a while. And they've been placing top four in a lot of the 2Ks. So they have what it takes online. It's just the transition over to a live event has been a little rough for them. So it's going to be interesting to see if Jazero is going to make the change that they needed because 
Uh, their fourth Valkyrie was a smart player and he was a good teammate. They had really good chemistry with him, but uh, he just wasn't one of those guys that was able to clutch up and hit his shots. And he, he was kind of weak in the slaying department. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Jazeera is going to be able to help them uh, when it comes to the big moments where they need him to shine. Uh, I, th I think that that team definitely could possibly be uh, a big story. They have, you know, they, the chance to make a Cinderella story happen at, at Atlanta, but, uh, you know, it's all going to yeah. come down to who makes the clutch plays uh, on the, <laughs> on the given day. It's, it's going to be big, but I'm definitely rooting for them because they are the amateurs coming into this one uh, up against the big dogs with eighth seed though. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a wild card for sure at this point. And, um, and one thing, as you were saying about Jazeera winning the FFA and them needing a, a good slayer on their team, I think Jazeera actually might fill in that, that spot pretty well. Uh, he's one of those players I've, I've seen who's constantly grinding with other top players like Renegade and Shotzi uh, in the 2v2s. Like they're constantly playing 2v2s with each other. And I think that's one of, that's like the hyperbolic time chamber of improving in Halo 5. So if he's grinding with the best of the best, I think his slaying ability is going to go up as well. So hopefully that transitions over to the mentality squad. Um, and then, of course, you had LTN. I, I have, we're going to have to keep throwing up the graphic, bring it back up, and put it back down just so I can see the names because I don't remember them off the top of my head. But LTN is Riot, SLG, Lunny, and Crystalis. This is a European team, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, SLG yeah. is French. And um, a lot of people say he's one of the best players in the world. He's, he's just well, – I was talking to him at the end of Atlanta last year. And just listening to him talk about Halo, you know that he is just in love with it. I mean, he's he's young, he's driven, he really wants to win so badly. He's he's coming over here, and he's got a fresh new squad, and uh, they're they're all very talented players, and I think they could definitely make a splash. Um, but it, it's going to be tough. They've got some tough competition. I I don't see, I don't quite see a top six out of them, but I definitely could see a top eight if the bracket works in their favor. Um, but they could produce some really entertaining series. But uh, yeah, those guys, those guys are good. They definitely earned their spot. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's one squad that I don't think I have enough knowledge on to really make an accurate prediction. I think, like you said about SLG, these guys seem to be pretty strong performers on the teams that they've been a part of. And I remember like when we're watching the HCS uh, tournaments, they're usually the ones that the camera is on that's following. Like SLG is constantly one of those players the camera is following. We're watching his perspective. Uh, so they're definitely star performers in their own right. But I, I have no idea what to expect from these guys, I think. And if they just recently formed, it's tough to say that they would really have like a breakout performance here at this event. But hopefully they're able to come up with something strong and they're definitely all very talented. So we'll see what they come up with. It would definitely be a bit of a surprise to have these guys really take some of the bigger teams that are expected in higher placements. But like, like you said about Call of Duty and the fact that, you know, there's a split focus. You never know what could happen with these teams. Um, and then as far as like Latam goes, you had... Um, there's, there's that uh, Shock the World squad that I wanted to take a look at as well. Because this squad is interesting because it's, uh, it looks like it has members of Berserker Esports. Do you happen to, I don't know if you know whether or not Berserker Esports is still competing, but Berserker Esports was that squad that was upsetting uh, top NA squads. I believe they took out uh, Straight Rippin in one of the recent tournaments as well. And that, that was a perfect example of just how Latam is catching up to, uh, to the rest of the competition. They actually beat one of the other foreign teams to uh, get top eight, but then they were able to beat a North American team. I can't I can't remember exactly which what roster it was, but they uh, beat them 
um, and it was a pretty big upset. So it, they were also they were also having some close games on the Bravo stream in New Orleans um, against yeah. another top team. So they they were really showing that they have what it takes. Uh, it was it was really entertaining. I mean, I was you know I was driving the uh, Bravo stream, so I was getting to watch and analyze the whole the whole series. So uh, yeah, Berserker was doing fabulous. Uh, Berserker Esports, I guess, um, stopped sponsoring them and uh they're back to their original name shock the world that was their team name um before uh before they acquired berserker that was when they won the uh latin america qualifier okay okay so there was a bit of a change there um yeah because I, I now now i actually remember i think they were the european slayer that's what berserker was i think they took out the top european teams i think it was like jimbo's team they took down. I'm, I'm not 100 sure, but I, that was one of one of the things that they they were upsetting European teams. They also took out an NA team as well. But that's a perfect example of just the fact that that you know all different areas of the world right now that are competing, they're still catching up to the competition. They're showing signs of of you know dominance in certain areas of competitive Halo as well. So could be seeing big things from Shock the World. They might shock the world. You never know. Um, <laughs> and then we have one more team on the list, and then I have another team I want to talk about that's not on the list, uh, but Down Under. I don't really know much to say about Down Under. Unfortunately, I think they're uh, from Australia. They're just too far uh, under. We've got, yeah, we got Berserk, Barcode, Slays, and Madsy. I These are not really names I, I recognize uh, too much. Like I, I'm sure I've seen them in some of the events, but unfortunately, they haven't really made that splash that you were talking about. And, I mean, there's always the opportunity, but because – you know, of just how far in we are with competitive Halo 5, it'd be hard to see them, uh, you know, make a big impact. Do you have anything that you could say about them? Uh, I honestly don't. And I, I'm going to be, I, I got to be frank. Uh, there's going to be so many talented amateur teams. Uh, there's going to be four or five rosters that are just going to be like even stronger than some of the top seeded teams. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a really hard event for the, for the foreign, for the foreign boys, uh, we've got some serious talent coming into this. Some some guys that have just been grinding their butts off and playing a ton, uh, and they're definitely going to give them a heck of a fight. Uh, hopefully, those Australians get a plenty of rest, you know, because the the time you know the time difference just oh, yeah. really messes up with your schedule. So hopefully, they do that. They're uh, they make sure they get on top of, you know, they prepare accordingly. Because this yeah. this event, there's a lot of money on the line. It's distributed, um, you know, really well. So they definitely want to get a chunk chunk of that and uh, yeah. and try to get into that top eight. So, but like I'm saying, like the the amateur rosters are just incredible at this event. I, I know a lot of them personally, and I know that how much they've prepared and how much they care. Yeah, there are actually rosters that aren't even on this list that could still be star performers in this tournament. One of those rosters actually is Lux Gaming. Tony, you can show the uh, the Lux Gaming trailer, and uh, I guess we can watch it. I think our voices are coming over top of this as well. So this, this squad is actually incredibly strong. You got Naden on this squad. You got Dinoxide. You got Gilkey. And the last player's name is Escaping Me right now. Uh, if you happen to remember, it'll come up in the tra trailer. Dinoxide? Uh, Did you say Dinoxide? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And Dinoxide is, is literally one of the best players in Halo 5 right now. He's one of the fastest players I've ever watched. It's it's almost hard to watch his gameplay. He plays so fast. He's like, he's nuts. Uh, Gilkey is amazing with a sniper. You're seeing some of these snipes right now. Look at these headshots from this guy. Like some of the best plays from one of the recent, recent events were from Gilkey. Nebula. Okay. The Nebula is a new up, up and comer as well. So 
this is a, a team full of really strong players. Yeah, Lux definitely is going to be one to look out for in the uh, in the open bracket. They are not going to be an easy team. Uh, I've been watching Nebula for a long time now, and Nebula is really exciting to watch. Uh, obviously, Nated is incredible, and he does whatever it takes to win. Very exciting squad. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Lux can pull off. Um, I don't think they put too much time in compared to you know some of the top teams so um and even a lot of the other amateur teams so uh you know it's it all comes down to that time you know the time you put in i've been watching native play a lot of um of other games not too much halo 5. he's been playing um you know mcc he had a long run i think it was like a hundred a hundred plus days uh yeah. where he's just been yeah. grinding it, was, it and you know hats off to him it's it's great to have him back yeah, so much respect for Nated. He's been grinding so hard. And I think part of the reason why he's competing is just it is the last Halo 5 event. I think he just wants to be a part of that competition. Of course, he loves competing, and and I would like to see him be back in like full force if when Halo Infinite comes out because um, he's still grinding like crazy. He's on MCC, and then he's on Halo 5, and he's jumping back and forth between both games, putting in a lot, a lot of time. But you're right about the fact that Lux might not – I'm not sure – like what their expectations are in this event. When I look, I'm just looking at the uh, the scrims right now on Halo Data Hive, and overall Lux, I'd say, is kind of underperforming as far as my expectations are going. I feel like they're having some trouble against these bigger teams. Um, but I'm curious to see what they're capable of because they are, of course, very individually talented. There is one other team that uh, that I'm really excited to see, and I hope that they do pretty awesome at this or do well at this event as well, is uh, Connolly's team is the PBL Pirates. Do you, uh, do you know much about this squad? <laughs> Uh, yeah, isn't that straight sick? And uh, who are the other two? So it's commonly straight sick, uh, soul snipe and druck. Yeah, druck and soul snipe are two of those guys that just like have been really knocking it out of the park in the two Ks. Um, yeah. they they were doing exceptionally well with uh, I believe it was Case and Manny. And now they don't have Case and Manny. And I think a lot of people were maybe saying that those two were holding them back. So now they have two professionals, two two guys who have, uh, you know, Straight Sick has won countless free-for-all tournaments. Um, he's been in the top three at, at majors. Commonly he's won a major. So those are two of the best professionals you could possibly hope for. Hopefully they are putting in a lot of time. Uh, they're going to be prepared because when those two are are being a nuisance and they're hitting their shots, those guys are incredible. They can definitely make some things happen. And then Soul Snipe and Druck have you know proven that they have what it takes. So I believe uh, Druck you know has has come really close to winning one of the free for all lands. I think he got like second over there at Gfinity. Um, yeah. So you know no, he's, uh, he's definitely very talented. There was one other thing I wanted to say. <laughs> By the way, about the uh, the squad, the uh, common least team, the PBL Pirates, and that was that they have a bit of a like a sleeper. Uh, what do I want to say? Like he, he's a wild card on the roster. Okay, so so Callus, a good friend of mine who is a, a very dedicated Halo film analyst, is the coach 
of this team. It's the first team that he's ever coached before, but he's putting in so much time into studying his team's gameplay. He's analyzing their films. He's analyzing the people that they're playing against, and he's coming up with all these ideas on on how they best could, like, I guess, you know, combat the competition, remove some of the mistakes that they're making as a team, and continue to improve. So he's he's really into like you know analyzing every aspect of the enemy teams, and and he puts. The uh, the commonly's whole squad basically he'll he'll watch the film with them and he'll bring them through a guided broadcast uh, as they have a conversation about the gameplay. So that's something they're trying to do. Of course, it's hard to coordinate that on a constant basis, but but Callus has been putting a lot of work in making sure his team is watching the gameplays and learning from them and building up those those team strategies as quickly and as effectively as possible. So that that's something that's important. The coaches on the team, their dedication is important. Yeah, from a player standpoint, I've always had a tough time um, getting my teams to do that. So having a coach to motivate everyone to get together and actually talk about what you were doing right and what you were doing wrong is really going to help. Um, you know, all the best teams do it. Uh, you know, Instinct, the God Squad, uh, they did it with Towie. Towie was one of those guys that was just religious about it, talking with Roy and Lunchbox, and they were like brothers. So it's like they they left no stone unturned. They didn't care if they hurt each other's feelings. They're like, yeah. hey, idiot, that. do that again. Uh, <laughs> you know, so they were always all about making sure they perfected their game. And so you basically just need to do that. You know, you see Reciprocity has Ogre 2. I'm sure Ogre 2 is doing that with the new guns, Saiyan and Trippy. Right. He's helping them right. to, you know, improve their game. So having a guy like Callus, who's been in the scene forever, you know, he's an OG. He's been competing since Halo 2. He knows the game in and out. He knows um, a, a lot of different ways that people can improve, not just in the game, but outside the game. So he'll probably talk to them about their everyday life, like how their diet is, if they're getting, you know. Like, <laughs> I wonder. That's pretty. <laughs> I mean, that's what a coach does. So, I mean, it's very, yeah. very important uh, for, you know, someone like Callis to do things like that. And it helps a, a team with, you know, two amateurs, Soul Snipe, um, you know, is – semi new you know he's pretty young i think he's like 18 19 sure. uh, you mm -hmm. know it really helps those those kind of situations because even when you're a veteran you're a pro player and you're trying to talk to younger players sometimes you, you can't get across what you mean it's hard to articulate certain things and to teach them effectively to you have certain tact you know you, it's hard yeah. to get um <clears throat> you know, the communication to where it needs to be to effectively teach them. So having a coach is like a perfect mediator to, to get the, the ideas into their head of what they need to do yeah. to improve because you're dealing with, you know, some, some kind of, you know, hotshot players that might have a little bit of arrogance. That's it. So it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to, to get through that sometimes, especially if you have uh, a pretty big ego yourself, you know? So Having a coach yeah. like Callis is really going to help that team, and uh, I, th I think it's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I think Callis is definitely doing everything he can to make the best possible possible approach and and really build some some chemistry and, and a unison between this team. But I think that's the hardest thing that you said earlier is is just getting the team to watch film and listen and have a conversation about that gameplay. Especially because a lot of these pros are are very experienced. They have preconceived notions about how things should be, about how plays should go. Sometimes they'll think that you know th this was the correct play to make. Well 
you know, it may not have made sense from a strategical standpoint or whatever it is when you look at it in the big picture. So I'm sure there's a lot of discussions of back and forth being had. The hardest thing is just making sure that you can, you know, have them come, you know, have those discussions and watch that gameplay and, and do that on a regular basis. So I know Callus is doing everything he can to try to figure out a way to get all of these guys together and constantly looking at gameplay. Cause you're right. That's what the best teams do. That's what Ogre is doing with reciprocity. That's what I, I believe hoaxer is doing with, uh, with renegades, right? Hoaxer and renegades. Uh, yep, and, and Towie was doing for EG. So like, that's why the best squads are the best squads because you have coaches and you have a relationship you know, between them. Has his yeah. brother. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's his brother, right? He's right directly in there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it could be tough sometimes being a new coach on a team and trying to, you know, lasso everybody together and, and get them all analyzing film. But I think Callis is one of those guys who's uh, he's a really good person. He's he's always got the right kind of mindset and he's the right intentions in mind. So I'm sure he's doing everything he can to to really connect with the players. And I think that's an important thing in helping these players and these teams level up. So overall, Boy, we really lot... gassed up Callis there. Woo. <laughs> he was, he's going to watch this later too he's gonna be like oh my god dude you put all this pressure on me now they have to do well <laughs> and and sorry cows if they don't do well it's okay it's not your fault we're just saying uh but but overall guys there's a lot of really amazing teams uh in this competition so much could go down and i i really don't know what to expect from from a lot of like we know obviously the top three top four teams are going to perform as well as they always perform for the most part and maybe a couple standard deviations off or whatever it is, but everybody else, there's, there's just so much possibility for upset potential. There's, you know, there's so much talent in all these rosters. We don't know where it's going to end up. It's going to be exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you, Nighty. We're going to be at, we're going to be at Atlanta, man. It's going to be awesome. Dude, I, I got to buy you a beer, man. We got to, we got to hang out. I got to show you my town. This is where I was born and raised. Let's do it. That sounds so sick. I'm excited, man. Um, and then real quick, before we close it out, uh, we also have the 2v2 coming up and I, I just got off a good conversation with fear and our master fear and Tusk who are, are looking amazing in the 2v2 right now, but we have a couple other amazing teams joining. Also, we have, uh, I, I think we have some tweets that you can throw up Tony. Yeah, there we go. Neighbors streaming the UGC, uh, 2v2. So neighbors competing with best man. And then you have, uh, you have Flame Sword competing with Roy, right? These are some classic Halo pros. What do you think of these guys coming in uh, and competing at Atlanta? Well, I think it might be a little too late for them to start getting on the grind. They uh, yeah. needed to be grinding about a month or two before they started. Um, they mm -hmm. just they thought that it, you know they could warm up and immediately jump in. Um, maybe they're just you know going for the experience, but. Um, or not the experience, but, you know, just to have fun, see friends, uh, because right. I, you know, they know better. They, they know that these guys have been playing nonstop. They know that they're going to be talented. You know, they really needed to, uh, to get on and, st and start to learn their game, you know, where, where the meta is of Halo 3 right now, and especially how to play twos the most effective, because, um, yeah. you know, they were 4v4 pros. They weren't 2v2 pros. And, um, yeah. you know, neighbor is, is incredible, but you know, he's, you know, he's no spring chicken anymore. Uh, these, these he's kids for are three for, three for how long? <laughs> yeah. These kids are ridiculous. They, uh, like we saw those in those clips, um, of the final game with, um, you know, master fear 
and Tusk, their communication was off the charts. They were both yeah. coordinating so effectively. They were telling each yeah. other what to do, when to do it, and they were both doing it. They, it wasn't like one guy's a shot caller and the other guy's listening. It was, yeah. they're if, both uh, telling each other what to do in different situations. Yeah, even if they made mistakes, they would still adapt really quickly. Like he'd be like, "I'm going pink," and he's like, he would say, "Oh no, I'm going to go car instead." And then the guy would make the adaptation in like seconds and be like, "Okay, do that. We're going to do this." And like they would, they would switch their game plan over and over. And like they, they constantly know how to, how to just kind of bend the situation to their will, and they, they can predict the spawns accurately too. So like everything that I really love their so attitudes. They have. They have yeah. great attitudes too. Um, a lot of the times you'll see a little frustration come out of one player like, oh man, why did you do this? And he'd be like, oh man, sorry, sorry. Next time, I'll, you know, I won't do that. You know, it's just, they they immediately get past yeah. it. You know, and you know, yeah. some players, they don't do that. They, they don't have positive mentalities throughout the entire uh, game. And they'll start questioning things and, you know, saying things to their partner that they just should not be said, you know, because at all times you need to be focused on the next play and what you're going to be doing telling your teammate what you're doing. Um, and there should never be anything else on the comms. And that was what really jumped out at me when I was watching that clip. Um, they are phenomenal, a phenomenal team. Uh, you know, Roy and Flamesword didn't even place in the top eight. So yep. they were actually taken out by Ravage um, and, and someone else, a player that I've never heard of. So two people that right. are totally off the radar. So they got upset yep. big time. Uh, and, you know, these guys are, they're coming for them. They, they're going to see those names and they're just, they're not going to be as nervous as, as they would have been no. if they saw, you know, like instinct or status quo back in 2008 and 2009. They, this is, this is their wheelhouse. This is the 2v2 uh, Halo 3 Master Chief Collection. This is a totally different game. Yes, it's going to be on land. Yes, it's going to be for a lot of money. So uh, Roy does have, you know, Roy and Neighbor do have that in in their corner. That they they've been there. Yeah. They're they're going to be used to the nerves. But when it comes down to it, I really think that the preparation is what they're going to be lacking the most. Yeah, right. And these other guys have been grinding behind the scenes all of this time and picking up that skill. And you, you can't take those breaks, man. But I think at the end of the day, having neighbor, best man, like Roy and Flamesword at this event, is to, it does nothing but raise the value of the event. I think that's what's so amazing. They can win and they can lose. And if they lose, it's still awesome just having them there, having their gameplay. And it also gives legitimacy to the guys who beat them. It's like, whoa, Roy and Flamesword just got beat by this guy. Like, who are these guys, right? Like, now I want to go follow <laughs> them to on Twitter. Not to choose, man. Don't for, don't forget yeah. the optic juice. The optic's going to be tweeting it out when Flame Sword's up there, and uh, yeah, that's, exactly. that's going to be Some nice. Optic juice, we need that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so optic injection right into the Halo franchise again. We, we're exactly. we're missing that man. No more optic in Halo was a big blow for sure, and I'll be excited to see it come back. Hopefully with you know infinite and everything. But yeah, man. Overall, we've got Halo Five, we've got Halo Three. There's so much to look forward to. Atlanta's going to be massive, and and. We just got to fast forward the clock now. I want to go. I'm done. <laughs> Get me out there. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of preparation. Speak for yourself. I'll be working the event, so oh, I've got to be practicing. Too. My, Yeah, I've got a lot of things that I want to prepare. I, I try to uh, I try to make sure that I'm always ready. I, I'm never surprised by anything that might happen at the tournament. So we've been working really hard on this broadcast. Uh, the whole team is stacked. We've got everybody coming to this one. Um, I'm really excited to see how uh, everything goes down. DreamHack was amazing last year. I got to work at Atlanta and Denver 
and um, and I'm working with Heinz and Wonderboy at this one, the same team I had at New Orleans, MLG New Orleans. So uh, this is just it's 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 so exciting, like having having it be having Halo Three on the side as well. Just really is like uh, it's just a dream come true. I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like this is the Halo event where a lot of people are going to tear up. We're going to we're going to see some of that. I don't know. <laughs> people are going to get emotional, Maybe. man. This, this, I'm hoping it's one of those Halo events. But uh, but that's that's a hell of a squad working on observing. Like you, Wonderboy and Heinz is amazing. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I'm expecting some sick top down angles and some shots of weapons that aren't being picked up that should be picked up, and and just you know some quick switches to the best POVs in the game. Uh, you guys got it on lock, but that, that covers everything for tonight, man. Nighty, thank you so much for joining me again, especially on short notice. And it's great that we get to have this talk. So excited for Atlanta, man. And, uh, and I'll see you there. I'll see you, man. All right, guys. And that closes out HCS weekly for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, of course, to check out the HCS weekly merch as well. Tony, put up the graphic. You can support HCS Weekly with all of this awesome merch. I showed off the hoodie in one of my recent YouTube videos, which you should go check out as well. But of course, everything you buy here not only supports the show, it supports me as well. So I would highly appreciate that, guys. And thank you again for joining us on the show. We got the next time you see me, I will be in Atlanta and we're going to be talking about DreamHack. We're going to be having a fun time. I'll be there with UGC, hopefully just getting in people's faces, getting some interviews done and adding more content to HCS Weekly, adding more content to my channel. So... I'll see you guys around. Have a good night.